It's time to watch The Muppet Show with special guest Teresa Brewer. Welcome back to Watching the Muppets. We watched the Muppets. We watched the Muppets and we pet some cats. Episode 222, Teresa Brewer. Chorizo. No, I'm just kidding. Chorizo Brewer. (laughs) Airing originally in the United Kingdom on December 2nd, 1977. And in the United States, November 21st, 1977. That's really weird. Yeah, the episode we watched last week was from February... Of 78, and now this episode, the next one, is from November, December. That's really weird. That is really weird. And it's also odd that, like, the UK aired it after us again. Usually the UK was seemed like they were kind of ahead of the curve mm-hmm. with some of these episodes. Especially with what I can only assume is an English guest. I have no idea who Teresa Brewer is. Do you have any idea? Uh, no, I did like her voice, though. I have to say, I thought her she had a good voice. And, like, kind of a cute presence. Yeah, right? cute. Like, you know, like, uh, you could see that she probably did musicals and that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Um, so she was on the West End, because that's what it is on, in England. It's not Broadway. It's the West the End. The West End. The Bell End. See how much I know? I'm so cultured. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Teresa Brewer was an American pop singer, songwriter, and author. Brewer had two number one hits on the Billboard singles chart, Music, Music, Music from 1950 and Till I Waltz Again With You from 1953. She performs Music, Music, Music on The Muppet Show. Brewer died October 17th, 2007 of progressive spernacular palsy, PSP. That has to do with her spine. She recorded nearly 600 songs during her 60-year career. Damn. Spernucular, spernac... Spernuclear palsy. Schenectady. <laughs> All right, Megan. Uh, first notes on this episode. We're not we're not fat shaming Miss Piggy, right? Why is there no warning in this episode? No warning that they spend an entire episode triggering Miss Piggy. Into Misogyny is like, everywhere. Running rampant. Just saying. And it sucks that they do this shit. Like, I hate. That they seemingly do this shit to Piggy when there's other women on the show. Can I just say something before we even get started? Yeah. In the beginning of the episode, did you notice that Gonzo looks like plushier than normal? Megan, this whole episode, I feel like, looks completely different than everything else. Yeah. It looks like it's either filmed better. I don't know. Scooter is brighter, more vibrant. Everybody, like, when this episode started, I couldn't believe the way things looked. Like, right out the gate... I'm looking at Kermit, and I could suddenly see the the poles that hold up his arms and move his arms and everything. Oh yeah! And I'm like, the I I literally he was, was like, like this a lot this episode. Very stupid. Looked at my wife, and I was like, we didn't like I'm not high, right? Like I'm because I felt like the illusion was broken. I'm like suddenly I'm like these are puppets. This whole thing is about puppets, and I hadn't felt like that yet watching the show. I literally thought I was losing my mind. Because you saw Kermit's sticks. I saw his sticks. Yeah. And like, you're that right, is kind his of fingers upsetting. looked like... He was like this a lot together in the episode. Like, yeah. he was having trouble. I... And they forgot to film around his hands like they did in Sin City for Michael J. Fox. <laughs> I suck. <laughs> I should... Like, I, these things that come to my Sin mind... City just... Oh, Spin also. City. Sin City being the uh, Frank Miller comic book movie. Yeah. You know why I always call it Sin City? Is because lost wages. No, I don't know, but you know what? The most I remember about the show Spin City is uh, I was getting Mad Magazines at the time, and they did a cover for Mad Magazine with like uh, that Mad Magazine guy's face the characters. Were. I know Barry Bostwick was on it from uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm-hmm. He was like the boss. In yeah, Spin City was Spin City about. Was it about a newspaper or was it about like a government office? I don't remember. I don't remember anything about that show. And anytime I think about Spin City, I told you this last time, I think about that show with uh, David Spade. With David Spade. Uh, Just Shoot Me. Just Shoot Me, yeah. They definitely aired like back to back in the same area or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Just Shoot Me was the one that was about a magazine. 
Yeah, I think they were like a fashion house or a magazine yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. they made like a Vogue, a Vogue equivalent. Yeah. yeah, except it wasn't very Devil Wears Prada except for that one woman. The Nina. Cr- Nina. The Chris- Wendy Malik. Yeah, yeah, it was Wendy Malik who could have definitely been interchanged with Christine Baranski, if you ask me. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Especially around that time. Christine Baranski, did you watch the Sybil Shepherd sitcom when you were a kid, Sybil? Hell yeah, I watched right? that show. Like, these are all things that I, like, peripherally watched. Yeah, like, my mom watched the show, so I watched them, it. So I watched the show. Exactly. Because how many televisions are in the house? Basically. A lot. Well, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. There was a lot. But it was mostly, like. The TV in the kitchen. It's like, and what the one is in on? the living room. Also, yeah. like, there's no, like, oh, well, I don't want to watch this. But you hit a point in time where it's like, this is what's on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's well, only like 20 something channels or whatever. And like, you know, you tend to like be around like, what are you doing? I you know? always was like that too. What are you doing, mom? The, she's like, like cooking dinner, watching TV or something uh-huh. like that. And she's Can I like, annoy you while you yeah. do that? She's like, Ugh, leave me alone. But Can I make a snack yeah. before you have this? Can't, could you be in the kitchen if your mom was in the kitchen? Were you allowed? Uh, it wasn't a ton of room growing yeah. up, but... I guess. I can't have people in the fucking kitchen when I'm cooking. Oh, no, me neither. I need you to leave. What no. are you doing? Le- like, my girlfriend gets so mad at me. She's like, I don't understand. You have so many rules. And I'm like, I don't mean to. It's just like, just get out of my way. My problem is like, so if my wife is in the kitchen while I'm cooking, then the dog is in the kitchen. Oh, yeah. And the oh, dog, God. do you know where she stands? In front of the oven. Oh, God. What are you doing? Yeah. Move. Go lay down. I know. Jubilee just has to follow my wife throughout the entire house. And I can't. <laughs> like, also... She's a goofball, too. You're not, like, you're just kind of standing around me. Like, either sit at the table and talk or whatever, or go back in the living room. Yeah. I'm cooking. It's it's rough, yeah. It's hard. Women. Yeah, women, right? Women be shopping. Right, women be shopping. Anyway, speaking of women. And misogyny. This episode was full of shit. You never see the TikToks. I I know, I'm kind of obsessed with TikTok. You're like, man, TikTok, whatever. Uh They go, this is a work of art. This is is bullshit uh-huh. have you seen those videos yes. yet this is yeah. bullshit and it's like a do you know my first ex- thing that i wanted to think of was like dvds like holding up a movie like this is a work of art oh and yeah yeah, like yeah yeah spice world on yeah. dvd <laughs> this is bullshit yeah and i can't think of what would be bullshit but like uh yellow submarine maybe the garbage pail kids the garbage pail kids no that's a work of art isn't it Okay, that movie is really not good even for a b movie it's really bad you have my copy of the garbage pail kids movie I have have your copy? I thought I bought it. No, I gave it to you. Are you sure? I was going to get rid of it. Okay. Well, I have it. It'll live. I want it back, Megan. Well, it'll live. That's what this whole podcast (laughs) has been about. I'll give it back to you. I'll trick you into giving me back. I'll never get rid of that movie. Those are the kinds of weirdo movies I like never get rid of. Yeah, because you'll never find that anywhere. No. It's probably not streaming on any particular I have a movie that's like sort of like the Garbage Pail Kids. It's like a bunch of like monsters. I don't know what it is, but we got it in Canada at like some rando store in Montreal. No, I don't even think it was probably like a back, like a backwoods. Oh, like a weird thrift ass, store before before thrift stores were like cool, where you could get vintage clothes. You just got like cheap stuff. So the cold open. Scooter calls for guest star Teresa Brewer, asking if she needs any help. She tells him that she could use a hand, which she receives. A large blue hand. I like it. I like it too. Yeah. Give me these stupid jokes. I think some of these cold opens have been pretty good. Yeah, this They've one been was one really of the good. more solid things throughout the season. And I like the idea of the cold open. We weren't doing this in season one, right? This like 15 seconds to curtain or whatever. No, I don't we feel w- like. Yeah, I'm looking now and it looks like in the season one episodes notes so far, all of the episodes just kind of started. There was no cold open. I don't remember that. They just went straight to the opening sequence. That's and, weird. I mean, the opener used to be different, too. Like, slightly different, right? I don't know. I feel like season one was like a million years ago at Me this too. point. Me, too. And then the cold opens are new for this series. Season. Oh, my God. What is wrong with my brain today? Season. I can't talk. So, back to this episode. All right. Let's get to it. Okay. So, are we at the opening sequence yet? Muppet theme, Statler's seat is being occupied by the blue frackle. I like oh, that. Yeah. Can I see your ticket stub? He asks it's him. so cute. And then flames shoot out of Gonzo's trumpet. And he apologized for it, which I thought was so strange, too. Sorry. Sorry. 
This first opening number. First opening number. The f- opening number of this episode. Teresa sings Cotton Fields. Oh, boy. Backed by Janice Zoot, Floyd Pepper, and Trumpet Girl. Fozzie it's drives so the riverboat cute. and rings the bell. Fozzie's so cute. Fozzie looks at the camera as if to say, like, can you believe I'm doing this? This is crazy. He's like, look at me. I know. Look at me. <laughs> I'm driving but a boat. I get that. I get that. This is like a British singer. Uh-huh. She's American. Oh, no, she's American? Uh-huh. Okay. Ooh, ooh, take it back. I'm sorry, but like, don't be singing about cotton picking in the fields. I mean, this is a no for me. Yeah, this is a no for me, and too. it lasted way, way too, too long. long. Way too long. I have long. in my notes, too long. Mm-hmm. Like, Fozzie's cute and all, but this was way and too again, fucking long. This is another example of like, we just rattled off some of her number one songs that she had on the Billboard charts. And none of those songs were the songs that she sang in this opening number. Like, why are we not doing... I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they can't get the rights to something. You know, maybe. music. the music industry is probably one of the weirdest industries. And it, yeah, it's so fickle because, like, they really do sing, like, kind of public domain shit on this show when they, they're on it, right? Well, stop, children, what's that sound? That was a weird Everybody, That was a really cool song, but I don't imagine that was in the public Sphere. No, I wonder if that's like wrapped up in the like whatever studio that produces this show, or it was also done is on a, a sister of the music. Yeah, like yeah, because Jim is too. all about the handshake. Uh-huh. Remember at that book, he was like, "Well, what I have with Disney is a handshake," and mm-hmm. I'm like, "Oh my god, Jim!" The ending of that book, Megan, we haven't had a chance to really talk about. Oh my god, was so tragic, tragic, sad. I was sobbing. Uh, yeah, sobbing, mm-hmm. and I thought it was good that the um, the author really cleared up that old fallacy that Jim was a Christian scientist, and that's why he didn't go to the hospital. But that's yeah. not why he didn't go to the hospital. No, this was just an accident. Like this a- is like a freak. Who gets? A disease like that. He had like a strep throat-ish thing where yeah. the bacteria infection like took over his body, essentially. He thought he had a cold, whatever, and just thought he would get better until he, knew he lost he control. Wouldn't. Yeah. And it was like, oh, my God. And like Jane is at the end with him. And like Jane was at the apartment with him mm-hmm. and stayed with him and stuff. The, and The part where Jane drives him to the hospital and everything. And you're just like. Their relationship oh just comes so full circle, you know? It's like, it's all fun. And this is the thing about marriage mm-hmm. and commitment. And I get that, like, things happen. Like, you know, there's a, a famous psychologist called Esther Perel. I don't know if you heard of her. She mm-hmm. has a book called Mating in Captivity. And it's a really interesting book. And in the book, she does talk about infidelity and how, you know, infidelity isn't the worst thing that could happen in a relationship. Sometimes it sa- can save a relationship and, like, uh-huh. make you stronger in a relationship. But my point here is that when you – you can't live your life this way, but when you look at the perspective of, like, what really matters, you, you don't know. It's like – but it's like he is at his rock bottom. Uh-huh. He is sick. And who is there for him? Yeah. Jane. The mother of his children. The person he the, feels the most comfortable yes, with. a founding member yeah. of the company that he built that was so, huge. Exactly. And it's like he screwed her over in certain ways and he mm-hmm. cheated on her and he went on dates and he did this and he was like yeah. with, he had that like tumultual, tumultuous relationship with that woman Marianne and, mm-hmm. you know, and all this stuff. And it's like. Even that was kind of sad. The that was sad. And, yeah. and you know what? Guess what? Jane was there for him at the end. He yeah. was fucking lucky. She was. Because mm-hmm. t- tell me if you were in sick, you wouldn't want your wife to be there with of you. Of course. Yeah. I-, I can't even imagine. Like when I feel at my weakest and my most vulnerable, the mm-hmm. only person I want near me in is. In early COVID, here's like a personal yeah. story. In April of 2020, I had a severe anxiety attack to the point where I thought that I was having a heart attack or that something was horribly, horribly wrong with me. Right. And this is COVID times, especially back then when it was really early. Mm-hmm. I had to go into a hospital bed, basically like quarantine, you know, like shower curtain taped off. Yeah. People in hazmat suits. And that was one of the scariest things in my life is I'm having an anxiety attack and I can't be with the one person in the world that can bring me down from an anxiety attack. And calm you. Know? you. Yeah. And like I have to now like go and like explain myself to the doctors to the nurse to the every you know what i mean like and talking it through what's going on with you it makes you worse you I know. know 
end the situation just keeps feeling like it's even more chaotic and worse. And like, you know, you hear people, this was the beginning of COVID like that. Like there's people hacking and stuff and you're like, if I didn't have it before, I'm probably going to have it by the time I leave. Leave the hospital. Yeah. Oh my God. It was so nerve wracking. That's terrifying. Being in a hospital period is scary. Yeah. And to like not have my wife, my partner, my like, you know, with me through that sucked and just made it so much harder. Like, God, you never feel like it's like you're so lonely mm -hmm. and isolated when you're in a hospital alone, hospital room alone. Ugh, I hate that. It's insane. That's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, well, Jane was there for him and uh, it was just so sad. And like Frank, when he found out that he, when he realized that Jim wasn't going to make it, like they all went to the hospital. Yeah. Getting those phone calls where they're like, you know, I remember what, who did they call? They called Jim's agent. Why can't I think of his name? Because he could make anything happen. Well, yeah. that part was kind of confusing for me because I was like, wait, was 911 not a thing? I don't know. Well, I guess it was mostly, they were probably just looking to make sure that like. Or for was, our UK I, listeners, I, 999. I think they were trying to make sure that he was like really attended to. Yeah. And true. like there was the awareness of who was both in like the discretion and the like special care kind of way, you know? Yeah, and then like they dropped him off at the wrong entrance anyway, uh, and he and Jane wasn't there. How many blocks oh. did he have to walk to get? Like, it was terrible. Into the ED? Oh my god! Yeah. They put him in the uh, intensive care mm-hmm. immediately. It was too late for him, though. Let me tell you, after when I read that, I literally thought that I was gonna die. Mm-hmm. I thought that I was sick. Yeah, death. Is I bleeding. couldn't breathe. <laughs> yeah, I was like, like, and I bet you it's a bacterial infection. Mm-hmm. It was a nightmare. The final parts of this book. So I, I read up to that part, and then I remember reading, uh, I guess it was, maybe it was his will or his, like, la- the letter that he wrote. Everybody got a letter. I listened to, while laying in, I, it was like folding laundry, and I had to stop, and I just laid on my bed, mm. and I was literally, like, rushing, like, to hear, I'm like, I was losing my mind. It was so fucking sad. Because we've now, you and I have been doing this podcast now, we said, for one year. Mm-hmm. We listened to all 20, almost 22 hours of that book. We're invested. And we knew he died. We didn't know all of the repercussions it would have on everyone in his life. Honestly, I feel like this year has been such a journey. And I feel like it's also like I just feel so much closer to Jim Henson mm-hmm. and, and to the Muppets. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, Jim really did touch all of our lives. Like, he yeah. really is a part of my life. And this, like, lasting impression. Huge. It's insane. When he, when they talk about Carol Spinney as Big Bird at the, I uh-huh. was like, at the funeral, I was like, oh, I couldn't even handle it. Everything. Frank Oz getting choked up. While like speaking on him, speech, yeah, is so sad oh, to me. God. After all of the time, Jim he believed spent with in him. Frank. I mean, think about it. Like Jim literally put up with all of Frank's BS and mm-hmm. everything, and just was like, "I love you." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I'll do like, whatever you want, Frank. You know what I mean? It was too fucking much. Oh God! But anyway, back to this. This <laughs> this riverboat. I couldn't tell if it was a train or a riverboat to tell you. I liked when Fozzie um, stuck his little head out and then rang that bell. Yeah, me too. But like this in, is like, a song about cotton in picking. And honestly, in this country, don't sing a fucking song about cotton picking. Yeah, Just don't I'm not do here it. for it. Don't do it. Especially if you're a white person. Yeah. Oh, just like, you just don't have a right to it. I don't care if your family was white and picking cotton and yada mm. yada. Uh-uh. Nope. Mm-mm. Don't do it. Nope. No, thank you. Moving <clears> right <throat> along. Scooter to Kermit about Miss Piggy. Pork rolls. I hate this. Those are my notes. I fucking hated this. Backstage, Scooter asks Kermit the Frog if he's made a decision about Piggy's ballet number for the following week. Kermit tells Scooter that he has decided to cut it because Miss Piggy is getting a little bulgy. Kermit. The pork no longer fits in the barrel. What the fuck does that mean? Of course, Miss Piggy overhears the whole conversation. Without letting on that she has heard him, Piggy announces to Kermit that she plans to go on a diet to lose 20 pounds. 
No, it wasn't yeah, just I'm going to use 20 pounds. She was like five pounds and Kermit like was very dismissive. Uh-huh. 10 pounds. He was very dismissive. 15 pounds dismissive. How about 20? It's like, what is it going to take for her to get noticed? I hate Kermit. It sucks. This is making me hate. I love Jim Henson. I love like in hearing his book and stuff like that. This misogynistic BS mm-hmm. is just like, no, these people would be me too. Oh, for, for sure. This is fucked. This is really fucked up. I, I I hate it. And then this is another one of those angles where you step back and you go, another level of this sucking is that Frank Oz is a man playing a woman. Oh, yeah. You know and what then, I mean? And we just, in the last episode, we just talked about how great he is yeah. as Miss Piggy. And now letting, letting like, storylines like this happen to her and she's played by a man just, like, adds an extra level of suck. I it hate really that. does, but I wonder if it made him a more compassionate person in life, to be honest. Like, maybe. I'm, I don't know. Maybe. I'd like to think so. But even we're going to go to the next sketch in my notes. I have it's Pigs in Space, and I could be like, I honestly, I love Pigs in Space, but mm-hmm. like these last two Pigs in Spaces that we've seen have been just horrible to Piggy, and I want to kill Link. And now, Pigs in Space. Out of Swill. As we left our heroes last time, I Captain had to look Hog up what Throb, swill was. Swill is like um, it's just leftovers. It's like yeah. all the garbage food and like, yeah, like a, that the they junk feed the pigs that you yeah. put in a trough. Yeah, a trough gets filled with swill, right? Yeah, those are both very made up words. It feels like, right? <laughs> As we left our heroes last time, Captain Hogthrob had just discovered the awful truth: the oxygen is almost gone, the fuel supplies are not, down to nothing, and the water is all used up. What could be worse? A crewman announces they are also out of swill. Captain Hogthrob orders first mate Piggy to make some swill. When Piggy protests by claiming to be a gourmet cook, Hogthrob responds with the request for swill stroganov. Piggy refuses to continue the sketch. This was the saving grace for this sketch. I'm sorry. Scooter arrives to tell them that they have to get on with the sketch. Hogthrob and Strangepork react by attacking the invading as a hideous space creature. Hey, you guys, Kermit says get on with a sketch, okay? Red alert, emergency! I did like that Scooter came in and Me was too. like, listen, you Come guys. Come on, guys. We have to do the sketch. Yeah, Scooter's annoying, but I do like his jacket, and I do like his turtleneck, and I do like his tuft on his head. Yeah, he's coo- he's a cool-looking character. Yeah. He has a shitty personality. Yeah, he is the worst person. It's like a really, an attractive person with a terrible personality. It's like, yeah. you're really great to look at, but please don't ever talk to me. Yeah. Uh, on the street, Scooter is a fucking 10, man, yeah. right? <laughs> Scooter is a 10. Oh my God. His personality sucks. <laughs> You're killing me, Doug. Oh, my God. Okay. Animal at his drum kit sings a frantic wild thing until Janice and a pig come out with nets and drag him away to a sanitarium. This is iconic. Yes, and very cool. <laughs> Gonzo stunts. Gonzo's stunts. Sorry. Gonzo recites Shakespeare while hanging from his nose from a feather boa nine feet in the air. But after he gets a couple lines of The Merchant of Venice out, he sneezes and falls. This is one of the things that I was talking about last week where you said, like, oh, that bird flew and stuff. Oh, yeah. This feels like another one of those, like, cool innovations. Yeah. Like, where they kind of figured out a cool way to, like, do some sleight of hand tricks. Yep. You know? Because you see Gonzo as a full-fledged being hanging from the boa. Mm-hmm. And then they move in to see him, you know, moving his mouth and everything. But he never looked like a puppet when he was hanging there at first. Yeah, I wonder if they use like the remote control stuff that they taught. What did they call it? A a wall, a Wally or a Walter or something? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. the type of like radio controlled. It's so cool to think that like they were literally inventing that kind of stuff too. Like they had to create whatever they needed. To Remember make, radio know? controlled, radio remote controlled like cars and stuff. Remember Radio Shack? First of all, Radio Shack. Yes, Radio Shack sold. When I was in, like, middle school, they had those cool remote control cars that were, like, the size of a Hot Wheels yep. car called Zip Zaps. And you'd be... I love those, and I was thinking about, like, how badly I would want one, like, right now. Oh, a Waldo is what it was called. A Waldo? Yeah. I would love to have a remote control car. There's nothing more fun to me than a remote control car. Macari. 
driving look oh. on one of those sites yeah you know mercari is like going to be the death of me because we were talking a couple days ago about muppet video games oh my and i God. got two game boy advance games that we'll talk about on the show eventually but you i put sent them me that, on you sent me that picture of the ps1 game mm-hmm. where it's like monster muppets or whatever the hell I it need is that i need that game i need that do you know how much the money that game is how much it's like 150 dollars okay okay We've got to be able to find a port or a mod or whatever the fuck you call We're it. We're finding this game. I bet you we'll find this game mm-hmm. at a flea market. I bet randomly. Too. Right? Like it feels like the kind of like it's like no, bric a brac kind of game bin. that's left over. Exactly. It's not. It's not a Resident Evil. It's not yeah. Spyro. It's no not one's any playing of those big game. characters. No, it's this like kind of shitty game you give to your little brother. Right? Resident Evil. Have you ever played it as a different character than Jill? No. no. Oh my god. Who starts as Chris Redfield? No a psychopath. You only get the knife with him anyway. You yeah, don't even get a gun. You don't get that extra um You get a lockpick with Jill. The extra part. Yeah. You get like an extra save thing. Oh, so you yeah. can like hold more more grass or whatever the fuck it is that they make oh my into god, their herbs. potions. Herbs. You do you like know? a green herb herbs. and a uh, yeah. And a, and a red herb. And herbs I think there's like a purple herb. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That like doesn't bolt or whatever. Yeah. Because it's, it's like health. And stamina or something. I don't know. There's like two different ones. I love like, that game. I love that game too. It still scares the shit out of me. Yeah. I actually like took a break from playing it. I wonder if I still have my game saved. Anyway. <laughs> Can you tell folks how bad this episode is? Guest stars dressing room. Miss Piggy asks Teresa advice on behalf of a friend who has a teensy weensy weight problem. Teresa offers to talk about it over lunch. A smorgasbord. Kermit arrives just before Piggy digs in and spoils her diet. Nope. Eh, Cancel. I liked At the Dance, the next sketch, better than this. Yeah, this sucks. Again, it's a... I like this little presentation of the guest star. I'm sorry, Kermit called her fat stuff. Uh, You weren't thinking of doing anything with that uh, cake there, were you, fat stuff? the cake he deserves everything he's getting from her what a piece of shit at the dance the dancers tell diet jokes one dancer reveals his diet secret carrots he then reveals another secret showing he's growing rabbit ears i really thought we were done with at the dance but it makes sense that we're not because this episode aired in november yeah right so this is not an end of the season episode this is an early season episode just out of order this was kind of lame but i liked it better than the backstage thing but the next thing was kind of bizarre. The che- Dr. Teeth singing about cheesecake. Yes. I like this because it's Dr. Teeth, but also think, I'm what like. What do you think is the most weird about this? The monsters that showed up out no, of nowhere? No, I mean, it's the UK spot. Oh. Uh, UK spot. Dr. Teeth performs cheesecake with a cheesecake and some monster Muppets. I mean, I like that the cheesecake talked and he was like, I got to get out of here. That I did like too. It's so weird how like it keeps this episode's thread is diet and like. And that's why I was singing about a cheesecake. Why is this the thread of an episode? Diet. Diet. I no. don't know. And this is not cute and funny. Like, no. okay, there's an episode of Absolutely Fabulous called Fat. It's a very funny episode. I think I've seen this one. And Adina's friend. She's going to lose for, two stone, right? Yeah, she's <laughs> Adina's friend from like the 60s or whatever uh-huh. is like coming to visit. And when the last she remembers her, it was like. She was, like, the coolest... Her and her husband are, like, the coolest people ever. And, mm-hmm. like... Oh, no, I think I'm conflating two episodes. I'm conflating two I episodes. I you're about to get to, because that's another thing that I've seen a lot she's of She's blind. Yeah. <laughs> Even... No. What, it turns oh, out she's blind. But she used to be, like, a skinny... And the, the whole thing is, like... Even better, she's fat. No, she's, she's blind. blind. Yeah. yeah, and then they all go nuts. Yeah, you do. You do know that one. I just conflated two episodes, but then I got back to it. Okay, anyway, <laughs> Eddie, great news. <gasps> she's fat. No, no, no. <laughs> Better than that. She's dead. No. <laughs> she's blind. Yes. So this one's about being fat, and then. Animal, we get to Animal backstage. This I like. So Teresa Brewer shows Kermit the autographs of some of the yeah. people she has worked with, including Bing Crosby, Bob Hope, Louis Armstrong, and Crazy Harry. I'm glad Kermit got snubbed on this one. Me too. I was happy to see Especially him. Especially in this episode. Fuck always, you, dude. Who, who, do you forgot. Some, whose autograph did you forget? Not yours, Kermit. <laughs> Crazy Harry returns to offer another. Kermit notices she's missing one of the Muppets autographs. The most important one. As Teresa points, points out, 
So she asks that she, if she can get Animal's autograph. Animal shows up more than happy to give Teresa his autograph right on her forehead. And she truly looked delighted I to know. have a scribble from She really Animal did. And it was forehead. like graffiti. Yeah. It's yeah, totally illegible. It looks like... Animal! I'm trying to pinch zoom on the computer right now. <laughs> idiot. I really... I thought that was pretty cute. Yeah, it was cute. We need to move Teresa into like the actual show, though, at some point. She's just been sitting backstage playing around. But, like this very strange. When she gets to the show, it's like, we'll talk about it when we get there. But, Uh-oh. Okay. Muppet Labs Electric Nose Warmer. Dr. Bunsen Honeydew presents an all-new electric nose warmer. He tests it on Beaker, of course, who finds it to be too hot. It causes his head to smoke. This has become Beaker's, like, go-to reaction well i have to say when i saw this thing on his nose i was like what the hell it's yeah it's very weird looking it looks like uh a cock cage (laughs) 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 that's what it looks like (laughs) just saying it looks like some sort of like almost like a like a breast pump kind of thing yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mind it to you it turns out to be bad for bunsen's health as well when Beaker grabs his arm, electrocuting Bunsen. I like to see Bunsen finally get his. Me though. too. And the way Bunsen got electrocuted was so hilarious. Uh-huh. He was like, blah, blah, blah. the next thing that happens is literally my favorite thing of the episode. Can you guess what it is? Is it. Okay, so first of all, I don't know if this is the next thing on your notes, but Scooter and some frogs sing at the hop. The frogs give the number, give up the number when they decide to no, go to the hop. That's not what happens next. Let what happens see. next is Benson and Hedges in, a, in the thing. Statler and Waldorf. And Statler goes, you better stop or I'm going to give you the evil eye. <laughs> Did you see this part? I don't remember it. But it, I'm laughing mostly because I thought for a little while that you, when you said Benson and Hedges, you meant Beaker and Bunsen. No. But when you say Benson and Hedges, you mean Statler and Waldorf. Yeah, okay. always. But he does his eye thing. Oh, the like, the... Yeah, no, but he really does it, and he, weird and he like fully pops his eye out, uh, and he makes uh, uh, Waldorf basically freeze or something. Yeah. Why do I? I need to rewatch this yeah. episode. Apparently, don't rewatch the episode. Just rewatch this part. <laughs> this episode was bad. It has been twenty minutes since she started her diet, and Miss Wait, Piggy is now hungry. You, no, 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 no. Go back to Scooter dancing and singing. Let's go to Scooter the and hop. Some frogs at the hop. Let's go to the hop. Okay, that's it. Then I, they get off stage and. Miss Piggy's on a scale now. It's been 20 minutes since she started her diet, and Miss Piggy is hungry. She goes first to the mirror to see if she's lost too much weight, then to the scale. The scale breaks and she as she weighs herself. I hate this. And this scale is like an industrial, like, it looks like some sort of scale that you would weigh, like, materials on. I don't know. Not a person. It's very messed up that it would break when she step on it. I don't know how they decided on this episode. This was a bad episode. And to keep, 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 keep bringing it back to her, like... So if I ever wait. get to, the opportunity to interview Frank Oz, mm-hmm. I'm going to be like, do you remember that episode of The Muppets where, like, Miss Piggy was, like... Yeah. Made fun of and had to go on a diet? There's another episode that we've done, I think, in season one with a similar plot to this, where she's, like, too worried about her looks compared to a guest. And, and stuff, the 70s too. were all about, like, skinny, skinny, skinny bees and cocaine. Yeah. Well, at least she wasn't doing coke. That we know of. Yeah, that we know of. You don't think, you think maybe that's cut for the Nickelodeon audience? That, yeah. like, Miss Piggy, no, because like, I doing f- a rail before? First of all, I fully think Miss Piggy was doing rails. I'm not going to sure. lie. sure. How many of the people... How many of the people behind the scenes of this series do you think were, like, doing coke? Well, Richard Hunt alone. Come on. (laughs) They were having fun. Yeah. Look, I would love to work in an office where they're, like, the secretary had a bunch of drugs in her bottom drawer. And it was, Uh like, you know, Friday night special. And they were like, oh, you know, let's, we need an afternoon pick-me-up. Yeah, these sketches aren't going to write themselves. Yeah, let's go. Take a bump and create some gold. I loved when they talked about in the book how... When they first started filming the Muppets in in the UK, how like the crew would go out for lunch mm-hmm. and they'd have a couple beers, yeah, and they'd come back and they'd be feeling jolly, yeah, and they like weren't used to that in the US, but then they like realized and that, like, like that was the everyday thing too. It's yeah. not that's the norm. That's not, you and know. it's not like they didn't work when they got back. It's uh-huh. just like 
the mood was just lighter. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, if I had two beers on my lunch break, I would be sleeping. Right. You come back and you're just like, Man. I'd be like, oh, God, I don't feel like working. What time is it? Yeah. And you keep looking at the clock. Like, has like, it got, this nope, is it's still grueling. Okay. It I would, r- exactly. I would rather like be completely sober than uh-huh. drink and have to go back to work. Yeah. That's, no, thanks. No. Teresa tries to, to sing. <laughs> Teresa tries to sing "Spinning Wheel" while being pushed on a swing by Sweetums. The song is interrupted three times <sighs> for a punchline that usually causes Sweetums some harm. This Megan, was almost cute. You're. I loved it. I thought this was almost cute, but it was too much. I loved it. Too long. It was a little too long. One of my favorite ones was the first time he got knocked by oh, her. Yeah. It looked like the character's eyes fell out. Like they were yeah. devoid. I didn't realize that Sweetums could blink and close she his eyes. punched him. Yeah. Like really punched yes. him. And like he like fell back in the bushes. He, who, why do I feel like I always forget this? Who performs Sweetums? Sweetums is, before, is performed by Richard Hunt at this time. Oh, wow. From 75 to 91, Richard Hunt played I him. need to see a picture of Richard Hunt. Richard Hunt. Let's go to the hop. You're going to look it up on yeah. your thing? Because like, I could turn the computer, but that would probably be like... Turn the computer around. <laughs> Megan wants to see Richard. Gloria Estefan, like we talked last episode about ABBA. Gloria Estefan has some cool songs. Oh, here he is. Miami Sound Machine. Oh my god, Richard Hunt plays Scooter. That's terrible. And Janice. Well, that's cool. But yeah. Scooter's a crime scene. Sco- <laughs> Scooter is a crime scene. So you basically hated this bit. I didn't hate like. it. It just was like, it wasn't enough of a good time to make me feel like this episode was any good. Uh-huh. And they kept resetting it, too. It was and so like the annoying. the reset each time was like a hard reset. Except the last reset was kind of funny when they film her straight on. Uh-huh. When the swing goes up and you just see her face in this. <laughs> I was like, that was good. Yeah. That was good. Okay, so now we're on to Piggy. Miss Piggy decides to work out to a television program known as the Chub Club. The only TV show where you lose viewers by the ton. First of all, the Chub Club is probably all about chubby chasers. That's definitely a different club. Yeah, that's a different yeah. club. Yeah. yeah. This the is Chub like, Club is probably pretty close to wherever they're filming this show. Yeah. The you Chub know. Club is probably an app that's kind of like a grinder app. Chub Club, yeah. There's probably an app where you like you search like by 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 are gender, you a, by weight. Yeah. By, are you yeah. a chub or are you a chaser? <laughs> yeah, because you don't want to be swiping on the wrong one. Yeah. No. You know. Oh my god! Best part about this sketch: her legs, her feet in she the air. Touches her toes, does and leg lifts like, in stilettos. First of all, she had like a workout outfit on the top. Her hair is back, and then she has t- stockings. Did you know? I've never seen it, but Miss Piggy had a famous workout album in, I believe, the late seventies with Jane 80s. Fonda. I, I think that was what the idea was yeah. that it was like to rival Jane Fonda in the Princeton Record Exchange. I've they seen have a pictures of it. it. Yeah. But I didn't know it was a real thing. But yeah. I've seen the poster. She was the headband. And she had a very successful calendar. That's cute. Yeah. It's nice to see that, like, there was some merchandising for Piggy and that she was, like, really well regarded yeah. back then. You know? It's funny because it's, like, even, like, I I was telling you when we, in the last episode, we were talking about switching, like, you gave me your Peacock for our Discovery Plus or uh-huh. whatever. So we've been watching American Pickers because you know both of the my uh, girlfriend's they kids are junk. like into like, the yeah, junk that kind stuff, of stuff right but we're watching literally the, they have blackberries blackberry storms oh so, geez yeah it's aged it's, it's aged right yeah. but like there's this one there's the woman who stays at their headquarters like abby from ncis or whatever yep <laughs> she literally looks like yeah. that type but they're like they're always doing like misogynistic jokes and stuff towards her mm-hmm. putting her down and then they're like oh they include her in the end and they're like no but for but really she's like the greatest but like uh-huh. they put her down like the whole episodes so i'm like they don't do this anymore this is not no, aged no. well and like when you think about it like those dudes be shopping so the, like I know and the, and like it's so funny because you're like, all breaking norms. Le- like my girlfriend's sons will like laugh at certain parts, and I'm mm-hmm. just like, oh my you god! You just roll your eyes yeah. so so loud. Did you watch the episode of American Pickers yet? If you guys are just like really ripping through them, where they go to Jack White's, no. they find an elephant. They find a taxidermied elephant. It's fake, but they find it at one of these places. Thank God. And of course, you know they call. What is that girl's name? They he- call her. And because the show has some ties to, like, Detroit or whatever, 
they know they can find Jack White somehow. And they find Jack White and they bring him this elephant. That's so weird. They're from Iowa. And they, they he, he hangs it in Third Man Studios. Oh, interesting. Stuff. It's a really cool episode. That is cool. I'll have to look and see what it, yeah. what it is. I can't. My dad was obsessed with that show. I can't remember this woman's name, but she has like... Lisa Frank tattoo style on her oh, chest. Oh, yeah. She's like she rockabilly as hell. knuckle tattoos. And, uh... They also did, like... There's all those other shows with, like, the other characters where, like, they auction stuff. Her name is Danielle. Danielle. Where they, like, auction stuff off that are kind of connected and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. the, I, American Pickers are cool. The only thing that I can't stand is, like, how they're, like, look at this old gas pump. And it's, like, all they want is, like, old gas station stuff. And I'm, like, I have no interest the in The one this. guy is, like, into cans. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Like, okay. Cool. A can. The thing that I th- think is cool about it is, like, when they do motorcycle stuff. And I'm, yeah. like, that's cool. That was where I first learned about, like, Indian motorcycles yeah. and stuff was, like. Well, uh, like, because le- because the boys are into, like, old vehicles and stuff like that. Like, <gasps> we'll do, like, museums or whatever. And we went to the Curtis Museum, like, near the Finger Lakes in New York. Yeah. and um. I didn't know anything about like Curtis Motors or anything like that. And they, on American Pickers, they found like a Curtis engine. And I'm like, I know what that it has is. this level of interest. Yeah. Right? You're like, oh, cool. Like, yeah, I know what that is. I, it's, it's so funny because like having that show on the History Channel, you're like, it's, it's a history show. Mm-hmm. Like, but it is. It yeah. is. It is a historical Junk show. Is history. And they and go into the history and stuff of it. Like, not like too, too in depth, but, like, but they just do. Just enough. Just kind of like Slobby like, Robbie. Yeah. You notice yes. they didn't make another season of that because no. he would give away too much of his uh, secrets. Uh-huh. He didn't want to. He didn't want to give any no, more insight. Can't. And no. it's funny because like I've seen stores now pop up like that. Oh yeah. Since that show came out. Oh absolutely. Even by in Aberdeen, right? Yeah. There's one in Aberdeen by me. There's one that just I haven't been over there in yet. Bridge. Get out in the shops of Old Bridge. I'm always scared to go to any store in Old Bridge in fear that somebody I went to high school with will bump into me. Teresa sings music, music, music. As a result of Animal and Floyd putting nickels in the ju- jukebox, she stands the Nickelodeon. Atop. I almost said juke. Okay, first juke. of all, this gave me full Shining Time Station vibes. Yes, especially the jukebox yeah. scene that we've watched so many. Clips I lo- from I now. thought this was very well done. How they all did perspective. it. Ugh. Yes. Beautiful. This was the best part of this episode. Mm-hmm. Best this part. This was very cool. I loved it. And another great example of like closing on a banger. Like this episode sucked, but we remember this. This, yeah. I thought it was really, really well and done. And another great use of like music, music, music is a Teresa Brewer song. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. We need to make sure that we are incorporating things that belong to people. And anytime you hear the thing. word Nickelodeon, like I do have like, because you have to watch the Orange Years. I've said this so many times. I, know, I will. But like, watch it. we were the experimented on yeah. generation. It's yeah. like Nickelodeon was what it was because of our generation. Uh-huh. Mind you, more kids than ever in the history in America were in our generation. Like, yeah. we are the we are the great generation. Fuck mm-hmm. you. I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. Say what you will about millennials. We hate them too. There's so many of us. There's enough to hate. Yeah, we have to hate ourselves. Yeah, of also. course. Because like, you hate us so much that we're like, we do suck. Yeah, I didn't like anybody I went to high school with. Uh-huh. Speaking of high school, except for the people I'm still friends with, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to my niece. I'm like, Have yeah, I they told suck. You this? How like my niece? I think her mother was giving her like a hard time about like her friends or something like that. And I was like, I feel like I'm supposed to tell her like, oh, friends you make in high school, like, are that's high school or whatever but it's like i've known my wife since we were in middle school i know it's kind of hard to say that i can't give you this like this cliched speech of like it doesn't matter things get better and it's like well it does i guess but like everybody that i know i've known for my whole life i know (laughs) such a weird thing i know like i have a handful of friends that i've made after adolescence but yeah same you know Primarily, it's, yeah, like the same six people that I've known since we're 10, 11 or whatever. I know. Like, it's crazy. I know. It's so funny because it's like, I remember like telling some of my colleagues, because I would leave work early to do the podcast uh-huh. with you, and I'd be like, yeah, my friend Doug or whatever, and we were talking or whatever, and I'm like, yeah, I don't, I didn't keep any friends from undergrad. I have maybe one friend that I'm in touch with besides social media from mm-hmm. grad school. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm like, yeah, my friends are pretty much from high school. But then if I think about it, like you, even though we became friends when we were in high school, mm-hmm. our families have known yeah, each other known since each other like forever. we're little. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of weird. There's the stories of 
you pushing me in like the baby swing yeah, in the door crazy. Fr- doorway of your house and stuff <laughs> and like me jabbering nonsense and just talking to- and like you pushing me in this thing running around like a crazy person and me playing parachute man with you yeah. and your brother yes anyway yeah so at closing kermit calls for a big hand for Teresa brewer in return Teresa calls for the big blue hand for kermit miss piggy also motivates everyone on stage to exercise with her when the pig exercises, everybody exercises. I love this. I did appreciate that. On the notes here for the episode, it says, Miss Piggy is dressed for veterinarian's hospital in one scene, possibly indicating that the segment was cut for the episode. Interesting. And it makes sense. Yeah, when she's doing her, when she like is weighing herself in, she's dressed like she's about to say, Dr. Bob. Yeah, she is. Dr. Bob. Yeah, Dr. Bob. Actually, what I have here, too, back to the Nickelodeon piece, mm-hmm. music, 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 put a nickel in it. My grandmother, and I've told you this story a thousand times, grew up in the same projects as Frank Sinatra. Now, Frank Sinatra is uh-huh. older than my grandma. My grandma was a kid. Frank Sinatra, the, you know, Frankie Blue Eyes, he um, he had a what they called a jalopy of a vehicle. <laughs> And they would yell at him and they would be like, hey, Frankie, put a nickel in it to get it started. And I like was like, I, I didn't realize that that was an association with a jukebox. Yeah. I thought and it was like, like a carnival ride or something. Uh-huh. I guess that's probably what it was meant there, too. And especially because like, he yeah, was a singer. That it looked like such a silly thing. Yeah. And that he'd be a singer. Yeah. Because they knew he was a singer. I mean, he was yeah. a hustler or whatever. Yeah. But old blue balls. Old blue balls. Yeah. All right, Megan. So next week we're going to watch the John Cleese episode. I'm excited. When I saw it was John Cleese, we haven't, the next two episodes are promising. Do you want to read the synopsis? Yes. John Cleese, I also want to mention, like, has, like, come out recently of being, like, quote, against cancel culture and saying that, like, comedians can't, like, say anything anymore because they're all censored and all this shit. So I really am curious to see what his persona was like back then. In, like, this kind of setting. Because I've only ever watched, like, Monty Python things or, like, scripted things with him, mm-hmm. you know? Versus, like, seeing him as a performer himself. Monty know? Python. I mean, um, uh, Faulty, Towers Faulty Towers is so fucking funny. Yeah. There's only one season. Really? Yes. I had no idea. I'm pretty sure there's that. only one season. There's only, like, a handful of episodes. Weird. And that show is, has lived on. Yeah, for sure. So funny. Just so ridiculous and funny. I mean... When in, in Faulty Towers, you know, there's that famous one episode where he's like walking like a Nazi or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's the type of thing he's talking about. I guess. Uh, I mean, a lot of these older comedians have kind of like, <laughs> like shown their ass that like they're not, you know, especially right now. We're going through this weird part in time with there's like things all this Joe Rogan stuff and like comedians... Some comedians like speaking out as though they're like literal heroes and champions for free speech and should be regarded as such and whatever. It's really well. What, and then at the same time, at that same like group of people are the ones banning books. Uh huh. So yeah. talking about free speech, it's like crazy. It's but very it is weird like times. whatever. Say say you can say whatever you want. Say whatever yeah. the fuck you want. We all just don't have to listen. Yeah, to exactly. You say. say the words you want to say. Be the asshole you mm-hmm. want to be. That just that people get to decide if they want to you know yeah. be with and you or not. Look at who's pledged their allegiance to you and see if you still want to hold yeah. that opinion. I mean, I agree that the media makes a lot to do about nothing. Uh-huh. Like. Sometimes. And sometimes it's granted. Sometimes, yeah. you know, it's a valid thing. But, like, sometimes somebody says something and, like, the media is just like, let's get them. Uh-huh. Just because it's like, you know, don't look over there. Don't look over there. Mm-hmm. That's how it always is. It's like this is the, the way of the world right now. But, like, if you're just, like, not a hateful person, you should be okay. Yeah. if you're Yeah. And you're not putting out that hate. Yeah. So this episode aired in the United Kingdom on October 21st, 1977. In the United States, it aired on December 2nd, 1977. Gonzo catches a cannonball with his bare hand, which stretches out his arm. (laughs) Fozzie and Floyd crack jokes about the situation. Gonzo turns to John Cleese for help, but John ends up pulling the rest of his limbs out to match. All right, so this is going to be a weird one. 
This is going to be John a weird Cleese, one. John Cleese, an incredibly English guest. I love it, though. He did have crossover appeal at this time. He, still. he, he so, always has, he right? He always, I think, has. Like, he's so had, this should be a good one. Like, they even talk about in the book that Jim watched, you know, Monty Python and uh, Faulty Towers on PBS. I yeah. mean, I don't know how that yes, came like, to respecting be. respecting PBS as, like, this, it, it'd be the perfect place for a Sesame Street type thing because yeah. it, it does, it presents all sorts of things to the people. Exactly. Right. It's weird that PBS has such crossover with like British shows. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm not complaining. I'm really happy about it. But I wonder how that came to be in the first place. Yeah. You know, that would be something like interesting to know. Yeah, I wonder if there's like a doc or something about PBS I would watch that, that we could like dive well, into. We also have PBS. I can give you that. So we're <laughs> the PBS app. We're almost done with this season, Megan. We have John Cleese and then Cloris Leachman to go. Two more apps. Uh, the Cloris Leachman episode will also be our 50th episode. Good for so us. So that is pretty, pretty exciting. Maybe we need to get like uh, Papa Ganache vegan cupcakes. What were we going to say? Were we going to plate or something? We were supposed to have Sesame Street cupcakes at oh, some yeah. point. We have to make sure we get yeah, those we Sesame make, Street cupcakes. We have to make sure. All right, Megan. Well, you can join us next week. We're going to be watching the John Cleese episode. You can follow us on social media at ITTWTM. Message us. Message us. us. We love you. We love you. No, you don't get it. We love you. Uh, uh, Yeah, follow us. We'll follow you back. Yes. You you want to raise your numbers? Raise your numbers. Yeah. Follow us. I know there's some other. I know there's some other Muppet podcasts out there. You guys are different. We're not doing the same things. Don't worry. No, what did we talk about last episode for like way too long? I don't remember. I listened point. to one of them. They were like going into like the costuming and the this and the that. Uh-huh. And I'm like, yeah, we're talking about like pop culture. And yeah, like we try whatever. to relate the episodes to the new, to like the world outside our yeah, windows. Yeah, plus now. we're reading the books and stuff. I was talking on my other podcast. With, I, I heard. Uh, thank with you. With our friend Kaylin. Uh, and she was like, yeah, for a Muppet podcast, y'all sure do talk about like everything. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, yeah, like you talked about like classism in one episode yeah. pretty heavily. And it's, yeah. That's we what we everything. do. Exactly. Because the Muppets kind of represent everything. It's like, speaking of classism in that, George the janitor is not a part of the crew anymore. No. Yeah. Still in the opening sequence. Yeah. But he's not a part of the show not anymore. Not a part of the show. Not even a part of the backstage of the show. Yeah. Not sweeping up or anything. No. Yeah. Fucked up. Yeah, it is fucked up. Well, uh, again, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ITTWTM. And until next week. Thanks for the gumball, Kermit.